Okay, 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 okay. I am going to play the season four theme song that I said I did not think I was going to play because it was so cheesy and churchy. But on reflection and in honor of this episode today on being yourself and on reflection of all the many, many times I have told my clients and friends about the power of flying your freak flag high, the freedom, the unique ability you have to connect with people when you let your weird hang out in honor of not being a hypocrite. I shall now play the Cheesy Churchy theme song because I myself am Cheesy Churchy. I grew up in the church. I can't shake it, okay? Change your heart, change your mind, change the way I do the things, and the things will change in kind. Be kind and open to receive, because magic is for those who believe. Happy Witch Season 4. Happy Witch Season 4. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. It's as bad as I thought it was. I don't know why. Because I do love to sing it. I just don't like to listen to it. <laughs> it needs speed. It needs speed. It All my theme songs need better quality audio. All, every audio thing I do needs a sound mixer for sure. <laughs> But it's not that. It's the speed, I think. And just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hi. Thanks for joining me for episode 492. 400. I keep saying it like this. 492. I have almost done 500 episodes of Hippie Witch. That is not counting the Witchy Writer's Journey podcast that I've been doing over on Patreon. So I'm feeling very much like a professional podcaster, even though I don't sound like one. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for episode 492 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com, where you will also find the show notes for today's episode, which will include all the links to owner and founder of the Simply Bee Agency, the host of the Simply Bee podcast, and the author of a new book called Be, Be, like as in be yourself, Be, a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself, Jessica Zweig. Jessica Zweig is on the show today, which I am quite pleased about because the BizWitch 101 audio journey has been on pause. The launch of that has been on pause for a few months now, but I love talking biz, anything bizwitchy. I'm into it. We talk about branding, we talk about marketing, but do not let that put you off because just about everything we talk about in this interview is relevant to you if you use social media or if you're curious about what it means to 
Smoke the toad. Smoke the toad. I'm just going to put that there and hope that it seduces you into listening further. (laughs) I really meant what I said at the very, very beginning of this recording when I was talking about letting your freak flag fly high and how we're so privileged, actually, to live in a time when it's okay to do that. It's relatively safe and socially acceptable. You can find your own unique brand of weird on the internet, and I find this to be such a relief. I definitely grew up in a time when being a professional looked and sounded a certain way, and it was restricting. I don't know if anybody really enjoyed it. One of my all-time favorite, favorite, favorite movies is Working Girl with Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, directed by Mike Nichols. I have seen this movie so many times. The lead character, Tess McGill, is, she's become really an archetype for me, somebody that I call in when I need some gumption, gumption, Miss McGill. But a really important aspect of that movie is this need to conform and blend in with high society. She has to cut her hair. She has to wear a suit with the big, big shoulder pads to fit in. And I'm sure there are many aspects of corporate America that are still like that, but it is certainly changing and it's definitely changing in the world of online business. And it's always been more free in the arts. But I see businesses that formerly used to be more formal. And it's really exciting to see things loosen up a bit. It's a relief. The relief of being yourself. Which is not always easy in an increasingly polarized world. I do struggle sometimes with that in terms of like, no matter what I say, it's going to piss somebody off. But it sure beats the alternative, the way things used to be, because conformity sucks. Homogenization sucks. Making yourself smaller or hiding important pieces of who you are because you fear rejection sucks. It's exhausting and alienating and thankfully not necessary in this day and age. I love that we live in a time in which It is totally cool to let your hair down and be who you are in public, even professionally, and that what makes you unique or even weird by some standards can be your point of connection and a calling card. It's funny, too, because I believe everything that I just said, and still I found Jessica disarming. I found her disarming because she was not what I expected her to be when I first encountered her work. This could have something to do with growing up in the 80s (laughs) and the movie Working Girl. I don't know. She is clearly this super successful, ambitious, professional badass, and her biz has some serious polish. So I guess I expected her to be really slick And almost distant, in a way, as a person. But she is so not that. She is refreshingly human and easy to relate to right off the bat. And now, come to think of it, maybe that's the secret to her success. Because it's definitely the foundational message of her brand. So, I just think it's funny that that would 
take me by surprise when I'm a person that will launch happily into a speech about flying your freak flag high. (laughs) I think it was too maybe her openness in talking about plant medicine, which has become more acceptable in recent years, talking about that as well, even in a professional context, but it still takes me by surprise when certain people go there which is really just a product of social conditioning. It takes time to shake off those old stereotypes, even as someone who believes that altered or expanded states of consciousness are for any seeker who chooses to go there. Humans and plants have been interacting in this way for who knows how long, certainly since before recorded history. (laughs) And it was in that context that we got to talking about the idea, the feeling, some would say the knowing that all is love, everything is love. We're on this earth school to learn that. If you've ever had a spiritual experience like that, one that brings this kind of aha moment like all is love it's all love it's all good it's all groovy man whether by deep meditation or while in communion with nature or jesus or the goddess or a sacred plant or whatever flips your switch plant medicine if you've had an experience like that no intellectual analysis or set of reasoning to the contrary could ever be as compelling lived experience will always leave the deepest impression. So I didn't even bother trying to challenge that or unpack that like I normally might do knowing that many of you probably do not share that belief, partly because I was just enjoying listening to her talk about it, but also because my spiritual experiences and profound encounters with the divine have always led me that way, particularly any that have involved plant medicine. So why is that? Why have so many of us had that experience? It's interesting to think about, right? Why do the plants want us to know this if it's not true? I don't know. I don't know. But it's an experience that some of us have had, and I like how freely she spoke about it. And I always feel like such a goofball when I'm editing one of these interviews and catch myself sounding like a fangirl, <laughs> which I think I kind of did in this episode, but that's okay. This is one of my favorite subjects, truly. I love a good personal brand, and I don't mean that only in terms of business. I mean it in a broader sense, like your signature style, your reputation, the way you consistently make people feel. It's... It's so refreshing and fun when someone is so thoroughly themselves that you're just walking through the mall one day or cruising the internet and some random thing catches your eye and you go, that, that t-shirt or that pair of shoes or that lamp or whatever it is, it looks like Sarah or that's so Uncle Pete or Grandma would love that. Why? Why? Why did that thing like grab your attention and bring to mind that person? Is it because it's from a certain vintage? Is it like that certain shade of pink that you know your grandma favored? Or or maybe you don't know. Maybe it just feels like that person. And in certain circles, you can say this feels like so-and-so and other people who know so-and-so will know exactly what you mean. 
I love that. To me, that is the product of authenticity. My son is like this. I can't tell you how many people will call on the full moon. Family members, extended family members, friends of family to be like, oh my gosh, the moon is so beautiful tonight. I had to call Tanner (laughs) because he is the moon guy. He is so very deeply, deeply, specifically himself. He is Tanner Golf Ball DeVoe. You can't see a golf ball without thinking about Tanner Golf Ball DeVoe. He is the golf ball man and the moon man. He's just got his things. It's fun. It's fun to know a person like that. And that love, that passion, that interest has been put in your heart for a reason. You are shaped that way, I believe, for a purpose. And if you do want to have a career an online biz, if you're an artist of some kind, a musician, a painter, these are assets, the things that make you different, unique, memorable. They're assets. This is reminding me, I have a song to play for you. Okay, so there is a woman that I interact with on Twitter sometimes. You know, how you end up following someone and they follow you back and they're very friendly and you like them. And then one day you find out they're in a band. And you're like, oh, you're in a band. You should post a link. And you just say it to be supportive and to be kind. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. I will post a link. And then... Holy shit! You discover this person that you have been casually interacting with is a complete and total badass. <laughs> what? What? Allie. Allie. Allie of the Love Crumbs, a trio known as the Love Crumbs. They recorded a song called Cavalcades. I listened to it and my scalp shrunk on my skull. Has that ever happened to you? You get the tingles. You get the chills and your scalp shrinks on your skull. (laughs) It's a good feeling. Holy cow. I had a full body reaction to Allie singing this song and I asked her if I could play it on the podcast and she said yes. I'm going to play a tiny little clip of it right now for you, but I'm going to play the full song after the interview. Check this out. Tell me if your scalp shrinks, okay? At night, our bones might break. We'll set them when we wait. Alas, your first Tell me, friends, how does your scalp feel now? 
how that, my friends, my friends, my friends, that is a signature sound. And I know for sure that you are going to stick around to the end of this interview because you want to hear the full song. Of course, I will be linking to the love crumbs. I have rambled long enough. Let me quickly thank the very nice people who are supporting the kid and I over on Patreon. I always frame it like that because it's true. I go to the grocery store and I think of you all. I'm like, thank you for my patrons universe. Thank you. I'm so grateful for every one of you. And a special shout out to new patrons, Mended Mosaic and Victoria Hernandez. I hope you all are enjoying the content over there. And now, without any further ado, my gosh, there's always a lot of ado. I am so rambly. I'm such a rambly hippie witch. Without any further ado, here is today's special guest, Jessica Zweig. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Thanks so much for having me, girl. I'm pumped to be here. I'm really excited to get to chat with you because I accidentally discovered you last year and you made such an impression on me in such a short period of time. It was through Create and Cultivate. Yes. Yeah, you did a workshop for them, I believe. I did. Oh, I'm so happy you were you were at that. That's awesome. You said my name. It was a live workshop and I asked a question and you addressed me by name Mm -hmm. and you were very friendly and open and real and natural. And it reminded me so much of that Maya Angelou quote that people remember, they won't remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And you made me feel great. So when I saw that you have a new book out, I was like, yay, I would love to have her on the show to talk about it because she made me feel awesome. Well, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) Mm. Truly, I have tears in my eyes. That's so, so kind. And thank you for reflecting that back to me. And I'm so honored and grateful to be on your show to talk to you and to your community. It's such a, such a big deal. Yeah. I think you're a person who really walks your talk and it's fun to see a woman who has a great, fabulous, successful company. You own the Simply Be agency. You're the founder of it. But yet now you're putting yourself out there in such a real human way. And really, I think, walking the talk that you might take a client through. So I was wondering what that experience is like for you to not just be the wizard behind the curtain, but to actually open the curtain and step out. Well, I think opening up the curtain is the strategy and the approach that I I am hoping to teach people in my book and, and with my business. I have been an entrepreneur myself for a really long time. And my first business was a magazine that I ran for seven years. And it was a very popular women's magazine. We covered like fashion and and lifestyle and restaurants and culture in the city of Chicago for seven years. And and I didn't even really realize at that time that I had been building my own personal brand that people had sort of come to know and recognize me and my name. And it wasn't until I left that business to start Simply Be that I... I got clients overnight, like people were lining up the door to, to, to work with me. And I, and they, no one really knew what I did. People just knew the story of what I did. And I thought to myself, holy crap, did that 
accident, what would it look like if I got really intentional? And so I've been really intentional with how I show up online pretty much ever since and have really elevated, of course, my team and my my services and my brand simply be in tandem with my personal brand as I have, you know, risen, I guess. But I believe that people do business with people. You know, there's the B2B industry, the B2C industries. I think it's all bullshit. I think it's all about people. At the end of the day, you're going to come back to a product, a service, a company based on, to your point, just what you said at the beginning, Joanna, of how you feel and people feel. We have emotions, products and websites and logos and Instagram channels don't. And so when we really become super aware of, of how we show up as human beings and, in, and imply that into our companies and into our platforms, into our leadership styles, into the, our, the way in which we communicate, when we do that with worth and with confidence and with clarity, you know, the sky becomes the beginning. And I, I've just so seen it work for me and for so many people that I work with. And I wanted to open that gift and that knowingness to the world. And that's why I wrote this book so that anyone, anywhere, no matter how much money you may or may not have, the book is, you know, $29 to really learn what makes you, you and how to truly increase your self-worth and net worth, whatever net worth means to you by simply being yourself. And I think everybody on the planet deserves to, to live in that space of authenticity and fulfillment yeah. So I, I gave it away in the book. I really did. It's, it's the roadmap. I love that. I have come to see my business as my main spiritual practice because it's <laughs> taught me so much about my shadow and upper oh. limits and so many different things. But something that I kind of wanted to pull out here is the word personal mm-hmm. in personal branding, because I think people get confused. They think, Oh, personal branding. It's about me as a person and it's about creating a persona. And I actually think that's wrong. I think it's about personal connection. It's about, is it personal to the people that you are there to serve? And I feel like... No, I mean, I'm just like jumping out of my skin because I'm like, yes, girl, yes, let's change the whole perception of this industry together because it has such a stigma. People think that personal branding is for people who want to be famous or who are influencers and, and social media stars and reality TV stars. And that's like, yeah, if you're if you're doing personal branding wrong, in my opinion, and just to go one layer deeper to what you were just saying, Joanna, I think that it's an act of service. It comes from your deepest personal essence and your biggest why. And I think probably the people who are listening to your show are all very much on a mission and on the spiritual path too. And we all know that we're not here for ourselves. We're here for the world. We're here for the planet. We're here to impact and spread light. And when you do personal branding well, it's never going to come off as ego. It's going to come off as in service. That is why you are here. It is your responsibility to share your personal brand, your personal story, your personal connections, so that you can move the world forward. And that is the, I believe the intention and the hope that I hope my book does is to really redefine this space entirely. It's so needed as well, because I think as the internet, I feel like virtual reality is becoming now our primary reality, which is strange, but it's easy to lose the humanity in that, to forget we are talking to actual humans. These are not 
statistics. These are humans with feelings and loves and struggles. And that's why I love the word personal and what you're doing when I stalk you online, when I watch your videos and check out the different things that you have going on. I'm so excited to read your book. That is the message that I see come through again and again and again in different ways. You say it in different ways, but that's what it means to me. Here's the thing about personal. It's personal. I don't want to lose the people listening right now. And some people might be thinking, are we talking biz here? I don't have an online biz. And I think something that they might really love is, well, I'm going to link to it because I think they'll really enjoy it, is a video that you made about psychedelics. And there is a piece that I have to pull out that you were talking about the realization that you had of forgiveness and that there's nothing left to forgive And this sentence, I will be writing this down in my journal. You said, I loved you and you hurt me. You hurt me because I loved you. And so there's nothing left to forgive was just incredible. How in the heck did you get to that place? I know it has something to do with frogs. Yes, it does. (laughs) Um, So I have dabbled in lots of plant medicines and the most powerful plant medicine I have ever done was a substance. It's, it's called the toad and it's literally from a, a toad that grows in a very specific part of Southern California and Northern Mexico. I don't know the name of this toad specifically, but it only comes out of the ground a couple times a year because of the, the, the heat and they don't kill the toad. They, they preserve the life of the toad, which is amazing. But this particular toad creates secretions like in its glands God knows how on earth this, the people of this planet figured this out. But essentially, you take these secretions, you dry them, they turn into a powder, and you essentially smoke it. And what I loved so much about doing the toad, unlike ayahuasca, was the one-to-one experience with this shaman. So it was just me and this one other person, my shaman, who was pure light, pure love, just an incredible soul who really created sacred space and this container. Unlike ayahuasca or even like mushrooms or aboga or LSD, like where you have hours and hours of extended experiences where you go up, you go out, you go in, you go out, you, you know, throw up sometimes, you shit your pants sometimes. Like the toad, the way that the shaman described it was just like, it's one hour and you just go straight up. And I tell this story often. So when I try to explain this, so a few weeks before I did this, this is context and I want to create a visual for your audience. I was watching 60 minutes, super freaking random. And they were interviewing NASA. Okay. The scientists at NASA, and they were explaining the new Hubble telescope discoveries and how they had been able to access parts of the universe that had never been photographed before. And that they realized their newest studies showed them that the universe is not billions, but trillions and trillions and trillions times bigger than they thought it was, which is just like fucking mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And they showed images. They showed images of these like star clusters, like far out into the universe. And I remember just looking at those images and being so mesmerized. And so flash forward to this experience with this shaman smoking the toad. And I, I reached the infinite. I became oneness. I was able to dissolve and become those stars and beyond. There's no words, words cloud this experience. There's no words to describe the true dissolving of my 
humanity into my soul. And it, it was really quite profound. It was more profound than anything I've ever done. And I've done them all. And so what, what ends up happening is like, I had this explosion into light essentially, but light was like multifaceted color, sacred geometry, and most of all, pure love, pure and utter bliss and love. And I, I really was able to access the truth of what I believe the truth of the universe is, which is love. It's why here and on planet earth, especially at school for our souls to evolve, to know the truth, which is love, but throughout the highest vibrational corners of the universe throughout it, love is, is the answer. Love is the, the truth of it all. And so as I was floating back down into my body, cause you kind of explode and you, you, you reach this, at least I did. And then I kind of came back into some state of consciousness where I was at least a bit more coherent and I could see my life kind of play out like my soul in the body of Jessica. And I was able to, in a, in a flash, see two people, specifically my ex-boyfriend and my ex-business partner, uh, who I worked with for seven years and my ex-boyfriend who I was with for five. And they were two of the people that had hurt me the most in my life. And what I've never really shared this before on a podcast. So what I found out actually, after we had ended the business and broken up that the two of them had become friends and it burned me up so much. It made me crazy. I was like, what, why did they, you know, they both hate me. Like I hate them. Why are they fucking friends? And it burned me up for years that they were friends. And in that moment, they both came to me and I saw their souls and I got the download and the truth that we were all soulmates, that we had all been in each other's lifetimes in the past. And we met, were meant to cross in this lifetime for her life, for his life, for my life, so that we could all love each other, hurt each other and grow. Lots of experiences have made me who I am, but those two specific breakups, if you will, really defined who I am professionally and emotionally as a woman. And I was just so clear, like, I don't even, like, of course you guys became friends because you were hurting and you, you found solace in one another because you were hurting and you were hurting because you loved me and I loved you. And I have nothing but gratitude for loving you and hurting me because you gave me the gifts of my involvement, of my holy assignment to evolve here. And I couldn't do that if I hadn't met you and vice versa. And I don't know how conscious they are, but that's not, that's not mine to know. And I, I was able, I swear to God in that in single hour long experience, I mean, not only reaching that truth about those, those two relationships and the power of not even the power, but the meaninglessness, in fact, of the word forgiveness and that really it's just about gra gratitude. Like things happen for you in every moment, not to you. And then to also understand what I believe to be the truth of the universe and to truly, truly on a metaphysical level, understand the depth and the infinite nature of this place that we call the universe viscerally was life changing. It, I'd have been on the spiritual path for a long, long time, but that particular experience was one of the most significant accelerants into my, into my spiritual journey. And, and so, yeah, I have that shaman to thank for the rest of my life and it cracked me wide open and I've never been the same. And, you know, I've done a lot of other plant medicines since, and I, I said it in the video. I think that you have to be so careful. Plant medicines have become so trendy and anyone who's anyone can read a spiritual book and call themselves a shaman today. And that's really not at all 
the case. Plant medicines are powerful. They're, they can be dangerous. You have to have deep reverence for those experiences. And when you do plant medicines with people you don't know that well, who might be posing as the light, because the truth is we're all just human beings where even if you are a shaman, you've got your own shit. And so how do you really stay clear and your aura and your energy and your field, which opens when you do these things, how do you stay protected? And it's really, really hard to do that because you're entering into other dimensions and there's a lot of energies and beings and souls and lost souls that fly throughout these dimensions. And if you're a light worker, which I'm assuming most of your audience is, you are, you are food. You can be like really, really attractive, the brighter you are, in fact, to the dark. And I had to learn that the hard way after I dabbled, I think, one too many times in psychedelics. I had some entities, in fact, attached to me, and I was out of my mind in a way, very dark, very depressed for months. It was not me. It was something else that was attached to me. And that's really what my video is about. I talk about the power of them, how life-changing they are, but how careful you need to be. And that if you're really looking to get in touch with your soul, with your essence, with the fifth dimension... You can actually do that sober. You can do that by becoming present. You can do that through meditation. You can do that through breath work. You can do that through heart openings. There's a lot of other ways to reach the divine. And that's just been my journey. And there's no judgment or I'm not projecting, you know, everyone has to take their own path. And plant medicines can be very powerful. I just explained mine with the toad. It was a tremendous acceleration into my spiritual path. I believe it was because I was with the right shaman. And in the right place on the planet, to be honest, I did it in a, in a very close connected place to mother, to mother nature. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm so grateful that you went there. I just shut my mouth and let you go. You're so articulate. It just comes pouring out of your heart when you talk and I'm thrilled that that happened on the podcast because it perfectly demonstrates what you teach about being authentic and your personal brand, being so human. Thank you. We, we live in an amazing time where you can swear and mm-hmm. talk about smoking toad secretions and be <laughs> a badass boss lady. It's just wild to me that we don't have to tailor our personalities to suit the common denominator. We can be so specifically who we are because we don't have to serve millions and millions of people to make a living doing what we love. I say that all the time. It's so true. Yeah. So true. Thank you. I'm sorry to keep quoting you back to yourself, but, but you have some good ones. You have some good ones. You said your career will expand to the degree at which you expand as a person. So I, I was wondering maybe if you could share a little bit what your experience has been with that. Absolutely. You know, I mentioned my first business that I ran for seven years. It was a magazine. It was called CheekyChicago.com. And I I started that business when I was 26. And I, I ended that business when I was 32. And we were very critically acclaimed, I guess. Every we had a hundred thousand readers locally in Chicago. We were a big deal and everyone kind of knew who we were. So from the outside, we were this very sparkly business. We were kind of like the original food and fashion blog. It was very shiny. And everyone thought that we were crushing it when really we were broke and my business partner and I had this horrible toxic relationship and my staff hated us and like 
we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We was, I was 26 when I started this business and it became very successful, but I, I, I had no experience. I had no idea what I was really doing. I learned everything along the way, made so many mistakes. And I had like one of my very first spiritual sort of awakenings and, and, and ahas. I've always been spiritual and connected to source in the universe, but it really kind of took off around like the age of 30, right after sort of my Saturn return. And that business in so many ways, like I can point fingers all day long, but there's that expression when you point a finger at someone, do it right now, you're pointing three back at yourself. And I just had no concept of my own self-responsibility and accountability for the mess that I had actually contributed to that business. And it ended up imploding. Like we, we went broke. Like we had to let go of all of our staff. I, I was in $75,000 in debt. I went through this awful business divorce with my old partner. Like that took almost a year to get through. It was horrible. And I, I will say that Cheeky was, of course, a, a critical quote unquote success, but from, from a reality standpoint, it, it was a failure. And so I had done all of this work around the time I hit 30. Like I started working with a life coach. I started meditating. I started going to masterminds and retreats. I started to read more spiritual texts. I started, you know, watch more spiritual thought leaders online and really, really went deep into, oh my God, Jessica, you are such a victim. And like you blame everyone else around you for the circumstances of your life. But what about you? Where's your responsibility in all of this? And to really become a conscious creator of my life. And that was really the start of Simply Be. That was the space that I was entering into when I launched my second company. And I can go on and on, but Simply Be has grown tremendously. We're a seven-figure company. I turned it into that in 18 months. I have a staff of 12. We have clients all over the world. I wrote a book. Like All of these things started to manifest. But to your point in the quote, and thank you for quoting me, Joanne, it's like, your business will only grow to the extent of which you grow. I was, I was not conscious. I was not mature. I wasn't spiritually awakened when I was running my first business. And yes, I have tactically applied so many of the mistakes I learned from a business standpoint into simply be like how I manage my money and how I lead my team and how I market my products and my P&L. Like, yeah, of course, that, those are all of the sort of 3D things that you know are working now. But from a spiritual perspective, from a personal development and growth perspective, that has really been the truest investment and the true secret sauce to elevating my business to this level, it has everything to do with the work that I've done on my soul and my mind and my heart. And I just think that people will shy away from like spending the kind of money and maybe it takes to hire a life coach or go to a retreat or spend the time reading books and just spend the energy and, and have the courage more than anything to look at yourself and yeah. to accept your own shadow and do the work that changed everything for me. And it, you know, it still does. It's still the work. It's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. That really just fits right in with this idea I have about biz being a spiritual practice because I started my first business in 2003 and it kind of rolled right into this business in 2012. Once I had clarity around what I was doing specifically. And that first business was actually successful. I got press and I was selling things, but I had no connection to the people that were buying from me. And it was very feast or famine. It was just really, did I get into this magazine or this newspaper? But I had no connection to humans, (laughs) to the people that were actually buying my stuff. It was just like, oh, I got in this magazine. A bunch of people bought it that was a good month. And now what, you know, so 
what I'm curious about is the story that you just told is because we live in a digital age and call out culture is just kind of part of our culture now. How do you move forward if you've burned some bridges or maybe you were rude to an employee or you had a business divorce or something like that? How do you move forward with confidence and self-forgiveness. I know you said forgiveness isn't even a thing. So maybe this is a, a <laughs> wild question to ask, but you know, just to not live in a space where you're worried that these people are going to come back and tell horrible stories about you and come after you. Like what, what has that been like for you? Have you experienced that before? Or is that something you ever think about? Sure. Yeah. I mean, to quote Michelle Obama, it's such a it's such a cliche thing, but it's the truth. Like when when they go low, you go high, and I've really had to learn to do that myself because I can go low, right? Like we all have that inside of us. Sure. And I, you know, I think the first step, truly, if you want to if you want to integrate the, the the medicine of the the lesson that that it was here to teach you, then you do have to honor it, accept it, claim responsibility for your side in it. You know, I had this awful business divorce. This was forever ago, but like we went through it and I, I could so easily make her the villain, you know? And it wasn't until I was like, well, Jessica, you were kind of the villain too. And like looking at it from a really, really honest perspective. And that is part of the healing. And that is part of the self-forgiveness. You can't forgive yourself until you have accepted what you need to forgive yourself for and that there was a wrongdoing there. And so that I think is step number one. And it's typically the hardest, like the most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you can, then you can bless and release, as they say. But if you just go through the motions, it's not authentic and it's not going to work. Like you really have to spend the time, whatever that's journaling, working with a coach, surround yourself with people who are willing to tell you the truth. Like, don't just surround yourself with people who are going to agree with everything you say or feel. Like I have friends, I have coaches, therapists that are like, here's a mirror, Jessica, look at it. Like (laughs) they do that for me. Right. And so that is 100% a step that I take, I try to take it's hard to do in the moment, but it's, it's not meant to happen in a moment. It's, it takes time to process that stuff. So give yourself the time and do the work. And then I think it's like, okay, let's say you've forgiven it. You've blessed and released them, but they clearly haven't forgiven you. And they're not blessing and releasing you. They're dogging you. They're talking shit. That's really when you have to be so vigilant with your minds and with your words and actions people talk shit about me like I don't meet them there I I don't meet them in that space I I focus on the love and the light and the service that I am here to provide and that is that is the truth I know that sounds cheesy but like you got to stay the course because at the end of the day not everybody is meant to like you not everyone will the more you stay your own authentic path the more you're going to attract people who are at that vibration and if you know you are in your heart and coming from love and doing your best and coming from truth, while the rest of the haters around you make noise, that, that's, that's actually a good sign. You're polarizing people in a good way because you're attracting what's for you and repelling what's not. And I just been really clear and conscious to stay in my integrity, you know, and, and of course, yeah, I've got a friend, my husband, maybe I'll, I'll confide and I, I can like bitch and complain and, and, and talk negatively if that like is cathartic for me sure but I don't do it on the internet and I don't do it like to people around me that's that that's not 
fair. It's not theirs. It's mine. Oh, yes. Yes. And this comes around to a question I wanted to ask you about authenticity because your whole brand really is just simply B. B. Yep. B is the name of your new book coming out. Your agency is simply B. Authenticity is one of those words that I feel like it's almost lost its meaning. We've heard it so much that I feel like people kind of just roll their eyes when you say, you know, be authentic. So can we like breathe some life into this word and kind of give it some energy for people to understand the importance of it, but also how you can show up authentically without bringing all of your junk online. That doesn't mean that you have to (laughs) share every dang thing that ever happens to you. A thousand percent. I mean, authenticity, it's so funny. I talk about this obviously in my book a lot. The, the word authenticity in, in, sadly, in in a sense, has been overused and has lost its meaning to the point of we don't even know what's what because of the world in which we live in and looking at everything through the Instagram filters and behind the scenes stories. And I think that authenticity is something that you can just feel energetically when someone is living from their heart, when someone is coming from a place of, I am here to show up for myself as much as you. And it's, there's, there, in my view, there's a distinction between authenticity and unapologetic authenticity. People, you know, it's so hard to say, like, don't give a fuck what people think about you, but that's really the place that you have to get. And you have to really step forward with this energy of service. People don't care about you. They don't. People care about themselves. When they come to the internet, they're not looking to see what you ate for breakfast or who you're dating or how rich and happy or even how sad, to your point, Joanna, of how awful you might be feeling that no one cares. People care about themselves. So when you architect a, a message that's authentic, it's, yes, it can, it can share your amazing, beautiful life, but doing it in service of other people genuinely, like genuinely from your heart, that's what people can feel. And I'd also like to say that your expression of authenticity isn't going to look like someone else's expression of authenticity. So my expression of authenticity for whatever it's worth is a lot of bright yellow, like blonde hair, like (laughs) a lots of energy and smiling like that, because that is an authentic expression of who I am. I actually used to be totally gawky and uncomfortable in my own skin and wanted to be a wallflower. And I've worked really hard to become the girl in the bright yellow suit with the big smile. Like that's, I've worked for that Jessica's Zweig, but someone else's expression of authenticity might be like more neutral and like internalized and focused only on their family, whatever it is. So just take the definitions and the stigmas off of that word and just focus on what makes you feel you, what makes you feel your highest, truest self and show up as that person. And and you're going to connect and resonate with the people who see it. And not everybody is like, that's one of my biggest points I want to make to your audience is like, if you try to be everything to everyone, you're going to be nothing to no one. So the more yes. you do you, the more you're going to magnetize your right opportunities and clients and audience and life experience. And, and that's really the power of authenticity is following your own journey. And it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yes, 100%. And it's also a creation. I love that you can self-create and be authentic in that. Yes. I think that we all feel like, you know, there's this 
quote by Brene Brown. I love it. Actually, it's one of my favorite quotes ever. And she says, authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. But who we are changes, <laughs> who we are evolves. Like I'm not the same person today as I was yesterday, let alone a year ago or five years ago. And the operative words in that quote are the daily practice of. It's a daily micro activation and integration of shedding what's no longer serving you and stepping forward into what is. And that, that doesn't happen in a quantum leap. It doesn't. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't. And it's daily micro and becoming self-aware and self-conscious you know, in, in, in the best way of what's working, what's not, what feels in alignment, what's true to my heart, what's true to my soul, where do I feel alive, right? What drains me? Okay, let it go. If like trying to show up on Instagram, showing what you you know are wearing today drains you, then that's not going to be authentic. And your audience is going to feel that, yeah. you know? So taking a look at, at everything that you, you know, create from that lens is, is important. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in how everything you're talking about and personal branding specifically is relevant to people outside the entrepreneurial world, because I think it is. I was just talking on Twitter yesterday about the way that you represent yourself on social media, for example. It's kind of like being at a giant networking party. And I encourage people to think about like, would you say this over the punch bowl to like a friendly stranger or maybe your boss? Because they can all see that, including like potential love interests. So I actually think what you're teaching is relevant to people far outside the realm of business. I could not agree with you more, Joanna. That is, I'm I'm hoping really truly for this book to open up the aperture of what we do. I I say that we're not really a personal branding company. We're a personal empowerment company disguised Mm -hmm. as a personal branding company because the the branding is, is the, is the dressing, right? It's ideally authentic dressing, but you have to believe in who you are and that you're worthy and that you, what you have to say in this life and do in this life, no matter what expression that is, you don't have to be an entrepreneur matters. You matter. And everywhere you go, whether you are online or offline, you are leaving behind a story. You are leaving an impression. You are making a memory of yourself. And I have actually a whole section in my book about bringing your brand offline and that you could very well have zero platform. You could not have a single social media account. You could be ungoogleable. Like you could be nowhere online. And yet you still have a personal brand because you still interface with human beings every day. And so becoming aware of how you treat people, how you talk to people, how you stand, how you dress, how you smile, how you make eye contact, what your gifts are, what are you here to give? How, how do you want to be remembered? What's your legacy? You don't need a fucking Instagram channel to have a legacy. And so I highly encourage people to think about their quote unquote personal brand, which is really your value. What makes you you? And the branding piece is how you put words to it and imagery behind it and logo, fine. But if you were to scratch all that, that's, that's perfect. It's what you uniquely bring to the world and shine it and do it, live it, be the inspiration, be the catalyst for someone else to live their authentic truth. I just can't wait for my book to come out so people kind of get it because that's really what I'm trying to teach people. The word personal branding isn't even my title. It's a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. 
Yes. And let me just quickly say that net worth, quote unquote, can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. For some people, that's money. For some people, that's freedom. For some people, that's joy. For some people, that's abundance in all sorts of forms. So net worth is a bit of a misnomer and I did it on purpose because I actually don't talk about finances at all in the book. It's just simply about empowering yourself to live your dreams and whatever form that looks like and doing it on only the way that you can. Yeah. The word worth is in your subtitle twice. Self-worth and net worth. It's really important. It's self-respect, self-image, self-love, self-value. Like to me, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about self-worth. And I wanted to say something too, because this is a very witchy crowd and we understand symbolism and metaphor. Jessica's brand is not yellow. (laughs) Yellow is a symbol. Yes. For the experience that we have with Jessica. And it reminds me so much of the dime man. When I was a little girl in church, we had this man, an old man who always had dimes in his pockets. And after church, if you would go up to him afterward, very shyly, you didn't even have to say anything. Or if you just kind of walked by him, he would grab your hand and put a dime in it. And we were thrilled. We would hover around the dime man. I'm going to cry trying to talk about him. And when he died, so many of us that were kids during that time, we didn't even know his name, but our parents called us and said the dime man died. And wow, we felt that. And so the dime was his symbol, but the experience was love being seen. When you're very, very little, adults don't see you often. And he did. And Mm -hmm. it was so special. And I always think of that when I think of personal branding. It wasn't about the dimes. It was about the experience. I'm crying now too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so beautiful and so well said. So perfectly said. What's your dime? What's your yellow? You know, think about that. How do you want to make people feel? What do you want to represent? What What do you want to be remembered for to the dime man's story? So powerful. Mm -hmm. I think color is a great way to establish that because we have an emotional relationship to color. Yeah, we do. The color yellow is like a really happy accident. I just, I was really obsessed with Snapchat actually for a very hot minute when I first heard in Simply V and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do all these Snapchat services. And then I ended up not, but the, the color yellow really stuck. And you know, the color yellow is the color of the sun. It's the color of light. It's the color of joy and confidence and shine. And I just, I I want people to feel that and see that in themselves when they see my brand. That's really the, the truth and the whole point. I think we do. I think that's why I mistook you for being an Angelino. I thought you were here in Los Angeles with me. <laughs> Maybe you just, you bring the sunshine to Chicago. You know, I get that all the time. People are like, you're from LA. I'm like, no, I'm Midwestern girl. <laughs> yeah, you get that all the time. You have that, that sunny vibe. Well, none of us here in LA are actually from LA. Very few right. of us. <laughs> I know that's true. A hundred percent. I know we're running out of time, but you said something I've never heard before and I'm obsessed with it because my personal brand of magic, I practice psycho-spiritual magic. And I heard you say 
in passing in video, the term psychographics. And I was like, psychographics? Psychographics! This is my new favorite word. Oh my gosh. I was already telling myself stories about psychographics. So please tell us what psychographics are. (laughs) Well, it's, it's really a marketing term when you are really thinking about your audience and who you want to reach. Like we talk a lot about demographics, right? Like where are you based? How old are you? What's your HHI household income? What's your nationality? You know, those are all things that kind of define a a very two-dimensional persona of, of a person. And psychographics, in my view, is like, you know, it's rooted in psychology, right? So it's the, the look at what are the, what is the emotional makeup of this person? What are they longing for? What is their pain point? What is eating them up at night? How can you solve that? How can you bring your medicine, your personal brand, your authenticity to meeting that particular person, whether it's a client, whether it's a follower, whether it's just a friend or a community member you're trying to connect with. Understanding a psychographic gets you that much more connected and effective in really serving that person and curtailing and customizing your message to meet them there. And when you don't have that psychographic understanding and you're just marketing it like, oh, this is a 35-year-old African-American woman who lives in you know Dallas who works at this job and makes this much money. So therefore, she's going to be keen to buy this product. But if you really take a deeper look into her personal why and what she's struggling with and what her dreams are, and when you really think about that in tandem with that other sort of two-dimensional information, you can create a much more three-dimensional experience for her that is of service to her and not just selling to her. And so that's why I was probably, it was probably a marketing video or whatever I was sharing when I mentioned psychographics and really thinking again about the humanity, you know, the humanity of, of, of business and, and, and marketing and branding and all the things that I talk about and are part of my platform, but I do it through this lens of humanity. And I think that's what really one is, is working in my business. Sure. But what I think really working in today's world and what's really cutting through the noise, it has to. Yeah. I think what you're talking about really takes the stigma out of marketing and even selling because it's not a manipulation, it's a service. And the only way you can get there is by understanding people's struggles and offering them a service that can make their lives a little bit easier. So it turns out to be a win-win-win for everybody involved instead of just, wow, I got this 20 bucks from you moving on. Right, right. That was a huge shift for me when, I mean, it's very similar to what you were saying, Joanna, when you were running your other business and it was like about the magazine hits and like forgetting about the people. And I don't know about you, but like when I had that shift, when I was like, okay, this isn't about how much money I can make or like how much I can grow, but how I can actually help people. That's when I actually started making more money. (laughs) Like that's when my business really took off. When I came from this place of like genuinely, genuinely caring about people and wanting to help them. I think I always had that but I was just too lost in the scarcity of it all at the time. And I think when we really look at everything we do from that lens, it just not only does it, it goes easier. You, you make more money. Sure. I guess it's what's more important is that you just feel so much more connected to your work and you feel so much more alive and you feel so much more fulfilled. And that's really what life's about. 
sometimes I visualize it as a circle and I, I used to be centered in the circle. So it was like a permission thing. I was looking for approval. It was like an audition. Like, do you like my thing? Will you buy my thing? When I stepped out of the circle and I put the customer in the circle, it was like, what do you need? How can I help you today? And I got to use all of the talents and skills that I was using, but I used it in service to something greater than myself. And the irony is that it's changed my life completely. And it's, it is a true win-win. It's so much more fulfilling than selling something I made that I'm just hoping somebody will like. And it's very transactional. This feels quite different. Absolutely. Transactional living, forget working, just transactional living is soul soul sucking. And I think, you know, to the point that I made earlier, well, I don't know how much I made this point, but what I learned when I did the toad back to that, to that part of our chat, (laughs) I realized I am a soul. I am a soul inside of a, a body and it's such a fucking gift to be here. And Speaking of soul, I, I can't stop talking about. It. I don't know if you've seen the movie Soul by Pixar. And I can't wait to see it. Oh, you're gonna freak out. It's so good. I know you're gonna love it. I know you're gonna love it. From the first trailer I saw, I was so excited. It was pre-pandemic. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to see this in the movie theater. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, the whole. I won't. I won't. I won't give it away. Obviously, I want you to watch it. And the whole audience who's listening, some of them have probably seen it. Some of them haven't. But the remembrance of our soul and, and like the point is it's not transactional the point is to live and the way I think what makes life so worth living is loving and what what can we truly love more than anything or, or humans other people you know not not things not stuff not money in the bank like you're not going to love that maybe you will won't love you back you know? oh that's a good point uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> okay so Here we are. We've run out of time. I want to make sure that we shout out your book because it's coming out February 2021. Can you tell us the title one more time? Be a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. Yay. And you have a podcast. I have a podcast called the Simply Be Podcast. You can check me out at jessicaswag.com. You can go to my company's website, simplybeagency.com. You can find me on Instagram at jessicaswag. I'm always there. And yeah, the book comes out February 16th and it's really an empowerment manifesto and it's very interactive and it's got a ton of worksheets and prompts and journaling. It's, it's really, really beautiful. And I, I just can't wait for your audience to read it. I can't wait for the world to read it. So thank you so much for letting me plug it, talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was really excited because, like I said, you made an impression on me last year and I take in a lot of content. I'm a voracious reader, create and cultivate, puts out tons of content. I have a masterclass membership and your name crossed my desk and I immediately knew who you were. I was like, oh, I know exactly who this is. And I and I had a feeling about you. So now I'm not only excited to read your book. But I'm excited just to follow your career and see like, well, what's next? What's next? Because I just really enjoy who you are as a person and the way that you share that with other people. It's inspiring and fun and light and easy. I dig it. 
Thank you so much, Joanna. That is so kind. I love your whole entire platform and your message and just how authentic you are and the content that you're sharing with the world is so needed right now. And I'm, I'm not surprised at all that you have this beautiful following. I'm just so glad we got to come together today on your show. And it was just such a gift in my day. Thank you so much. Yay. Can I ask one more question before I let you go? Of course. Okay. Can you share one tip? It doesn't have to be the end all be all. Just one tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Keep your inner circle close. You can have all of the followers, all of the business in the world, but I think it's having those like two to three to four people in your life that know you the best, that support you, that believe in you, that tell you the truth, that hold up the mirrors, that keep you accountable to your own authenticity. That has been a secret sauce to my success is, is, Life is hard. Putting yourself out there is hard. Believing in yourself day in, day out can be hard. And so surround yourself with people who truly matter. And I don't think you need a ton of people to do that. You just need those right few that really, truly love you. And that has been paramount to building this life that I have built. Love, love, love. I love that she ended with love. It's so on brand, right? And if you loved this interview, Go pick up a copy of her book. If you felt inspired by what she had to say here, there's more where that came from. And her new book is out. I for sure will be linking to that. I also will be linking to The Love Crumbs and their new song, Cavalcades, which I'm about to play in full for you now. Are you excited? I'm excited. This is my new favorite song. I love it so much. I hope all is well in your world, and until we meet again, much love to you. Peace. At once I saw parades through silent cavalcades, processions poised in Trust me.